This week on the program, in a world where a picture is worth a thousand words, a certain picture that it's made its viral rounds has only garnered one word. If it all goes well, we'll whip it out. Later, we'll find out how to determine one's fair share without their consent and reveal a certain dress designer's lack of payment to that fair share pie. Finally, a new story about a new seatbelt mandate from 1984 shows us how 1984 we have really become in this country as people compare vaccine mandates to, that's right, seatbelt laws. All this and so much more. Your emergency exit is right this way. That's right. Welcome to another episode of Emergency Exit. This is episode 221. Today is Thursday, September 23rd, 2023. We are broadcasting from Austin Public Studios in our floating tin can. Far above the world. I'm Los. You could follow me on Twitter at That's Right Los. Joining me today, David's on special assignment, but joining me today is the original co-creator, the high-flying, limousine-riding, Rolex-wearing, glasses-seeing, former conservative, Andrew Bland, my man. My thanks man. for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, it's good to have you finally because it's been we're hundred we're two hundred and twenty one episodes into this, and I think the last episode you did with us was episode thirteen or fourteen. A lot of a lot of episodes. <laughs> big, and you're the big reason why, or at least opened my eyes to politics. Because when we did we started this show, it had really it had nothing to do with politics. It was about proving conspiracies right or wrong. Yeah, that was the idea. We and present a different conspiracy every week, and we talk about what we think about it, you know. And one of our first ones was like Bigfoot. We had um, UFOs. We did Flat Earth. We even interviewed David Weiss. He actually hit us up not too long ago, and he's like, I got definitive proof. You guys need to put he's, me on dude, and everything. You want to do another show with him? I'd love to talk to and him. And I asked him uh, what... He said, if anyone can prove me wrong or give me... Uh, what was it? Undeniable proof or can show me proof of a ball earth, I'll give you one Bitcoin. And I was like, did you say one Bitcoin? Yeah, but- I said, what's the what definition? What proof do you have? What proof do you, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I was, saying, I was telling him, like, what is it that, what is defined as proof in your eyes? Because my proof of a round earth, have you heard it? Do you know it? Is the South Star. Similar to what we have in the North, Polaris, which is the North Star, which is... You mean that fake light that's up there in the that sky? That fake light that's <laughs> up there, right? There's the same one that's down south that does the same thing. And if on a round Earth, that's very possible. But on a flat Earth, where is south? Because this is one point that two people on two different continents can see that same star. Man, flat Earth is something that is so strange because, yes, we're not on a flat Earth, I don't think. It doesn't feel flat. I mean, it feels flat, but... However, there is one way that a flat Earth does work. And that is, are we living in a simulation? Oh, yes. So there's a lot of really, really important, smart people that do believe we could be living in a simulation. If we're living in a simulation, we don't know what we're living on. 
So, so what does that mean uh, for me? That's like Matrix. That's like we're there's a real me somewhere plugged in. Not a, maybe not even me. Maybe somebody per, that wants to be me. Right. I don't know why they want to go through that simulation, but they're doing it, and they're in some like wa- they're in some like waterbed like this, <laughs> and they're just like plugged in. There's like wires everywhere, and they're plugged in. It's like Matrix. But Is that's, that simulation. That's too simple. No, what they're saying is that imagine the sims right yeah we created the sims so what they're saying is that if there are societies that are advanced enough to create simulations the possibility that we're living in a simulation versus the possibility that we're actual human beings is so dramatically different it's so much more likely that we're living in a simulation than being regular human beings if it's possible that advanced civilizations can create computer systems. So if there's an advanced uh, alien species out there that has video games that are 5,000 years in the future for us, it's more likely that there's trillions and trillions and trillions of simulated people in these video games, and we are one of those. Do you think that they can cross-platform? Like, you know, can if someone else is playing on a PS5 and someone else is on Xbox One, could they, like, play the same game but, like, play against each other if they're on two different systems? I don't know, man. I mean... Can we cross simulations? <laughs> I don't know. But I, I think... All these questions should be answered momentarily. Um, in the meantime, thank you again for joining us. Uh, it's It's a... It's a journey that I've been on since you've been on the show with uh, politics. And you have sort of, you've changed your, your, your call. I mean, can Brandon, can you pull up episode nine and just sort of scan through the beginning of it where he does his political talk? Cause you used to do this thing. This is how politics entered into emergency exit. It's funny how this was a, cons- uh, a yeah. conspiracy theory show. And you were like, Hey, I want to do a little bit of Andy's po- politic corner. And I was like, Oh, here comes the Trump talk. Uh, here it goes. Yeah. Uh, fucking. And I thought Hillary was going to win back then. Right. I was, I had no idea what was going to happen to America. Right. And I was like, yeah, when Trump finally loses, will you shut the fuck up, Andy? And, uh, Trump, uh, Turn out to win. So the episode I want uh, him to bring up is from the actual night that Trump was elected. It's where you were kind of dialing it in because you were listening to Sticks, Hex, and Hammer. And then he was calling the election. You were like, my boy, Sticks, Hex, and Hammer has called the election. Yeah. And I want to like have you listen to that and just we'll stop and have you reflect on how you've changed in that because you definitely are not on the Trump train anymore. From what I understand. No, not at all. Yeah. You, a matter of fact, you think he's a garbage human being. Well, we can talk about a greater discussion of what I think of politicians in general. I would just yeah, put him and in I that. I think we will. You I know, think we yeah. will. Um, Brendan, do you have that ready? Uh, internet's being slow, but I am in the process. Oh, man. So we'll it's put prob- a disclaimer on this. You know, I'm... Uh, and this is not like a gotcha, like, oh, this is the way... No, Look no. at how inconsistent he is. No, this is like... This Let's is the evolution co- of... We'll a, put a couple of disclaimers on yeah, this. Go ahead. Number one, I'm a recovering alcoholic. And so at the time we made these first episodes, I was very alcoholic at the time. That's correct. And so I'd like to say that that didn't influence my mind at all, but I'm sure it had some. It had some part. It, some part it, well, it. it also <clears throat> made you <clears throat> like more divisive in, in a way sometimes. sober, by the way. Happy two years, bro. Yeah. Then the other caveat is um, I'm, you know, we're living in a world where it's very hard to have political discussions with people. Yeah. 
And I've always been open and willing to talk about any issue at any time with anyone. And over the course of the last 15 years that I've been following news, politics, and stuff, there's been so many things I've changed my mind on. And I'm always open to the idea that I can change my mind. Let me ask you this, because there was this one time I took you to a company party. It was at a <clears throat> at a bar across the street from where we work. And you were, you know, you came with me, you were hanging out, and there was this uh, gr- this girl uh, and she's, you know, black gal and you had met you, they got, you got into some political discussion and she got fucking heated at you. And the gist of it was, is that you mentioned stats <laughs> unapologetically were like, and she was like, what? So you're trying to tell me, so what you're trying to say is that because I'm black or my brothers are black, we have a bigger chance of committing crime. Is that what you're trying to say? And that used to be. And you were like, yeah, I mean, it's statistically, yeah. Like, you're not, lo- you weren't wrong, but you were really, people. No, no, that's no. That's when I started that's to see That's not exactly division. what, yeah, let what me, it was about. That's what I got out of it. So we went to this event. I never bring up politics at a social event. If someone else brings it up first and they want me to discuss it with them, I'm not going to run away from anything like that. My man. Right? Also, I was drinking heavily at the time. My <laughs> man. So um, I think what happened was they were discussing uh, some of the current, uh, police, uh, some of the discussions about police that were occurring at the time. And at the time, there was massive movements talking about people that had been killed by the police. Yeah. And um, I think what we were talking about was that there was a book that came out from Heather McDonald called The War on, to- the War on Cops. And this was a book that looked at all the statistical analysis of police shootings because people were saying... You know, if you have a, a, a family member that's of a certain race, you should be actively concerned about whether or not they will be killed by a police officer. You know, the reality is, is when you look at the statistical analysis of this stuff, the likelihood that you're going to be killed by a police officer is so low, it's almost impossible for it to happen to you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right? Um, <clears throat> the amount of interactions cops have each day that... Um, do not result in anybody's harm is uh, undeniable. And we also have the data on everyone each year who is killed by the police. That's and right. we know the circumstances of these things happening. And uh, we, so overall, that is an issue where we know that the statistical analysis does not line up with people's perception of what's happening. And I have changed my mind a lot of, of, uh, of understanding that I grew up in a bubble and I did not know about um, the state of racism in America and the state of uh, corruption in the police forces in America. And I absolutely admit now that I was naive to not know that there is a problem with police in America big time, that there is a problem with the interactions going on with certain races versus certain other races in the police force. But, you know, it's kind of one of those things where um, the de-evolution of politics has taken place so severely that people have a reaction to discussing data of what's happening. So people aren't willing to take their pre-conserved notion out and say, you know, what am I convinced of and what is the information presented to me? And I know I'm, I'm guilty of this all the time. Don't get me wrong. But um, 
you know, to tackle a major issue and omitting all of the data to see what we're talking about is not going to work, right? And so at that time, emotions were very heavy. And uh, I believe, I don't really remember this interaction that well, but I believe that I think we had a discussion about policing. And I just mentioned what I'm mentioning here, that the statistical analysis is that, you know, the likelihood of your threat from them is almost non-existent. Now, are right. you going to get harassed by people for your race? Unfortunately, that is reality. And I totally admit that that's something where I grew up in a safe neighborhood. I grew up around respectable people that treated people fairly. And I did not realize there were so many areas of the country that had ingrained racial division, you know. Well, what got you to realize that? What happened? I think, well, I took a trip um, to a small town where I saw a lot of that stuff along the way that I wasn't like, I say I'm from the South, but I grew up in Dallas. You know, yeah, yeah. when you go to Tennessee, that's a different story. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, uh, just never really venturing out of major cities, you know, cause I always grew up in a big multicultural city, you know what I mean? And there wasn't the racial tension that I heard about on the, on the news or whatever. That stuff didn't exist where I was. And especially living in Austin is a big multicultural city. And well, it shows know. that those are the cities that that speak for America. You know, they're the biggest ones out there. And you're not seeing. I grew up the same way, man. I didn't see racism. I saw multicultural. I saw everything, right. and I never thought of racism. And I still don't think racism is a huge issue. I think people see racism where they want to see it, and they call they cry wolf a lot. Right. And it's spoken so much more and so much louder now because it's dying. Like racism is dying away and there's a concerted effort to keep it in, in front. Like, for instance, let me ask you a question. Like, I'm, I'm curious how you felt about Chauvin and, and George Floyd. Do you believe that he acted malicely and killed him, uh, murdered, uh, murdered him to grant the life sentence or the 33 years or whatever he's going to jail for? The, in, the voluntary manslaughter I think he's in for? Well, you know, the jury and the uh, the judicial system determined that. Yeah. I think there was early on a report that Derek Chauvin and um, what was the uh, the victim? George Floyd. George Floyd. Uh, there was a report early on that said that they knew each other uh, at a nightclub they both worked at. I heard that too, but that and was... It's that very possible that they did know each other and that this cop obviously had a horrible history that this cop came out that he was not a respectable cop in the first place. So when we talk about policing, you know, as a whole, you can say, well, there's all the statistic analysis, statistical analysis that shows you that it can't be, it's like thinking you're going to get bit by a shark. You know, if we look at the data, you're not going to get bit by a shark. But some people, no matter what, are going to believe that if they step foot in a beach, they're going to get bit by a shark, right? Well, so, a lot of people believe systemic racism. Is that something that you believe that uh, racism is ingrained in uh, in our every facet or a lot of facets of life? And absolutely, what does that mean? Like, what 100%. does that mean exactly? That's one one thing that I can say. I was definitely more naive on because at the time I was listening to a lot of African American commentators that were saying this stuff wasn't true, and so they're still I, doing it. Yeah. And so when I look back on that time period, I think, well, you know, in my mind, I'm following these African-American commentators that are saying all this stuff that Jesse Jackson and all these people are saying is all amazing. Yeah. It's all, you know, <laughs> ridiculous. But um, yes, systemic racism is absolutely ingrained in our culture. Now, what does that mean? That's a huge 
gigantic, you know, days long discussion. I don't. But you think there's like know. like to me that means white people always done better because of racism. You know, a good example is like home buying, lending practices, right? Are you going to cite that that thing where a woman was trying to sell her house and she like met the people that wanted to buy it and she got a lower rate than when she did would have a white person present that? Is that uh, something that you're going to cite? Because there's no other evidence of that happening ever again. And by the way, homeowners can't meet the buyers. There's, that just doesn't work. That doesn't happen when you sell a house. Right. I think what I, where I've changed in the last four years and, and over the course of following politics for 15 years is uh -huh. that you know, I come from a little bit of a journalistic background from school and stuff. Yeah. And what I realize now is that for every issue that comes on the table, both sides on the extreme sides are going to be lying. There's going to be somewhere in the middle that is going to make sense, right? So is there a problem with racist cops? Of course, 100%. But how big is the problem? That's where we're going to have to find that, um, that common ground. Right, we're gonna have to try to figure out. Why do you think there's racist cops out there? How could there not be? There's racist people. There has to be racist cops. So, but but what evidence you know? is there that like we need to like there's a there's a giant um, like they're a giant problem. Like giant problem in general. Like racist people are a problem. Right. But like to say that there's a problem in the the police world because there's racist cops. But what what is racist that the cops have done? Well, if you go through academics. You know they're going to tell you the problem is over policing in poor neighborhoods. So well, why do they do that though? Because that's where the majority of the murders in that area occur. So it's like patterns. It's like a meteorologist who goes, okay, there's patterns happening. Okay, there, okay, there's going to be a rainstorm happening because he sees the patterns. We see crime happening. Well, maybe we should put more cops there. That's racism, or is that just cops trying to prevent more crime from happening? It's up for debate. So, you know, what okay. the what academic people will tell you is that the problem is not that minorities commit more crimes. The problem is that there's over-policing in minority areas. It's but, like tomato, tomato. It's like a well, chicken and egg. And then what you're saying is that, well, where are all the murders? Like, if you get a map of Austin and you say, where do all the murders usually occur? And then there's going to be an increased police presence in that area. Right. And it's going to affect... The people that live in that area and if the people that live in that area are minorities and there's a perception that they're being over policed and by the way you know i absolutely agree there's corrupt cops there's racist cops there's a bunch of shady stuff going on and we should try and be the generation that changes that yeah but what's the percentage you know? of like bad cops on, on a force on a, any I given tell force you, man. I, I have no way of knowing that because the way yeah. that we talk about it or hear about it if we sound it sounds like there's more less than one is more than one percent of cops on a, like any force or even cops in general want less than one percent i'd like to see numbers because that, that, that's the problem with this whole argument and i you know i can get i get what you're saying with the patterns versus why are they doing that? Like, because they're committing more crime because they're being police. It's like a chicken and egg thing. And that can be, we can, we can never, we'll never figure out what is the cause of the crime. But on the other hand, man, we're seeing these patterns happen. Now, if let's say they go to a trailer park where there's like nothing but white people and there's more crime there, like you're going to find the same type of stats there. You're going to find that there's more crime being there and we're going to have more cops, therefore, going there. But I don't think it has anything to do with uh, with racism whatsoever. Well, see, that's where you got to try to find the common ground. Okay. Like, is there racist cops? There has to be. 
of course there's racist Yeah, but if gods. we're going to speak that way in like generalities, like, okay, yeah, I guess there's one of everybody in the There's world. also authoritarian cops yeah. that don't care what race it is, they're going to abuse people, right? Sure. I believe that more than there's like actual like right. racist. I would say, I would say it's probably there. more, in my mind, it makes more sense that there's just bad cops. And that they're also racist because they're horrible people. Right? Well, <laughs> or something. See, I can go with bad cops as in, like they 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 can't handle situations well or they're scared or something. I get that as in bad, but not like that they're evil in any way or they're trying to be bad or try to put somebody else down. Right. Um, it's just hard to believe someone would want to do that. But I think I get what you're saying, and that it's because that's the way you feel about politicians. Like trying to say who goes who you know, wants to be a cop? Why does someone want to be a cop? Do you think they want to help people? And that's the same question you'd ask someone that wants to be a politician. Do you think they want to get into be helping people? I don't know. I think there has to be a combination. That's why I say, like, for everything, you really have to try to find the middle ground. Because, like, is there going to be bad cops? Uh, of course there is. Is there going to be good cops? Yes, of course. Is there going to be cops in the middle that are just doing it for money? Sure. Like, is there going to be, a, is there a problem with the police force in America today? Does one rotten apple spoil the whole bunch? No, but as we look at over the course of our lifetime, what's happened, you know, we have the over, um, over militarization of police forces is a big issue that was going on in our lifetime. Yeah, they have everything. As long as, they, as long as we're able as Americans to obtain the same type of weapons they have, I think it's fair game. But if they have weapons that we can't have legally, I think that's that's ridiculous. And why uh, it's tyrannical if you think about it. If the government can have a weapon that you can't have, how is that anything other than tyranny? Yeah. Especially if they may or may not use it on you one day. That's the problem. All right. Uh, we're just getting started here. We, yeah. what, we're 20 minutes in. I want to get into some... Uh, I want to get into some talking about paying the fair share because the first link I have here, it's Biden just saying, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a capitalist, but everyone pay their fair share. And paying their fair share has been sort of a, a theme here lately because, as you know, not everybody pays their fair share. And it's not the rich. It's the poor who's not paying their fair share. Matter of fact, 61% of Americans last year alone didn't pay income tax. Yeah, I know there was the coronavirus, but they, there's a lot. 61, that's half of Americans didn't pay income tax. And there's this push to have the rich pay fair share. It just, that, that, those words. And when you were talking to me about like control, like this is a pure example of Democrat control, where they will say these, these key words that fuel you, like, Oh, those rich people have everything we want and make you feel jealous and have green with envy and go, well, we, I don't know how that helps you get any more wealth, but they, they make you fight against the people that have not done nothing but help us in our lives. I mean, the, the, the clothes we wear, the technology we have didn't come from like the rich people. It made them rich. And therefore, we think that they have this crazy technology. Some people will talk about Bill Gates or Elon Musk as some sort of, uh, elitist uh, Illuminati, if you will. Right. If you'd like to find out the truth about Bill Gates, you can just check out the Corbett report. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, I don't know what to think about that, about Bill Gates, because there's a lot of, I don't know if we want to call it miss or disinformation, but I just, I'd like to have some, I don't know, something that could talk to me on my level about Bill Gates being this 
okay. absolute crazy James Corbett. I, I'm okay. He'll tell you. Well, I guess I I, I may have to check it out. But can you pop up this link here, and we'll talk about um, paying our fair share. And I, I want to ask you, what does that mean? What does fair share actually mean? Right. Uh, at least to you. And I don't care what you think other people think it means because it's right. about you today. Like, don't you think that everyone should, should everyone pay the same amount? Should they pay the same percentage? Should we keep on with a progressive tax? Like, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, when I hear you talk about it, I hear that you're falling into the same trap that so many people have fallen into, right? You listen to a uh, Steven Crowder and he gets out the table and he's like, well, what is your fair share? 10%, 20%, 30%? Look at how much these rich people are paying. Yeah. You know, the reality for me on taxes is, I told you earlier, you know, it does make me uncomfortable that there's people that have a billion dollars because I know how little money it takes to be comfortable and get you over absolute poverty. And there's so many people that I've known in my lifetime that are still living in paycheck to paycheck. So, you know, when you say, are they paying their fair share? Well, the real reality is that the government is not spending our money correctly. The government has enough money to fix a lot of these issues that we face, but they're mismanaging the way that the money is spent, right? So we could tax every rich person 100%, give it all to the government, and they're still going to mismanage that money, and none of these problems are going to get fixed, right? But at the same time, it makes me uncomfortable that there's people that are super wealthy. You know, I don't think that we should live in a society where one person has over a billion dollars. I just don't, I don't like that. I don't know what the answer is there, but it doesn't make me happy. And then uh, the other thing is when you think about um, poor people in general, you know, you have so many people on the right right now that were arguing against unemployment payments and arguing against food stamp benefits for poor people during the coronavirus, right? And it's stuff like that where, you know, as much as I want to agree with lower taxes and lower, you know, tax rates for everybody, the same people that want the lower taxes and the lower tax rates and stuff are also criticizing people in need to a heavy extent. So, you know, I think you and I can agree. We've known so many people that we worked with that didn't have health insurance, right? Yeah, absolutely. Now, is the answer that we go towards a European-style healthcare system? I mean, obviously, I don't want something very similar to that because when you even think about who created the vaccines, right? America, right? So we need that innovation in the medical industry in order to solve real problems. You can't have innovation when everything is stuck down and they can't try and innovate, right? But at the same time, I don't want to live in an America where a poor person is sick and doesn't go to the doctor. And that makes me so sad that, you know, it's something that needs to change. How do we get there? I have no idea, right? But well, it sounds like I mean, you've changed a lot in the last five years. Like, you, you have know? to find like a middle ground. Like, do we want socialized medicine? No, but do we want poor people to be sick and not go to the doctor? Also, no, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, then there's there has to be there's something. two answers that people well, there's two answers, and it comes from both sides socialized medicine, the other one is um, deregulate and make it make have more doctors. The more doctors, the more competition, the cheaper things tend to be. Um, and capitalism 
solves any. I mean, you know, maybe there'll be there'll there'll be this push. Let's say it all goes the Republicans' way, and there's cheaper and cheaper medicines, cheaper this because there's tons of it out there. But then there's more people that are dying through malpractice or something because someone's trying to make the cheapest, trying to get the customers and trying to do that. Um, but capitalism solves that issue by presenting it while people complain about it and people stop patronizing and go to the next one, which is better. I mean, it solves itself. It doesn't need any government intervention, which is what what the government wants to do. It wants to involve itself in every facet of everything. And so they shut down and they want the they want us. And I think you agree that they want us to be dependent on the government. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard to that's where we go into conspiracy. Oh, of course. You know, I mean, there's no way we can prove any of it, but it seems odd that, you know, the, the, what you were talking about how you thought it may, it was released accidentally, the coronavirus. Uh, I remember talking about it when it first came out. It's like March of like last year. And I was like, well, you know, there was all this free Hong Kong protest thing happening, right? Free Hong Kong. And they were all like fucking fighting for their freedom uh, to be independent. And all of a sudden, the coronavirus is out. And then all that stopped. And I remember thinking that, oh, man, could that be because of that? You know, maybe they released it. But I was always thinking, maybe did China release this intentionally? Um, on the, right. In the grapevine, on the grapevine, I saw that there's a communist, uh, Chinese communist defector who's saying that China released it on purpose. Um, I, I can't. It's unsubstantiated from in my perspective. I haven't seen any other thing. I just saw a simple headline from um, Tim Pool of all people. So I don't know how often he's wrong or he just reports what's out there. So he's not right or wrong about things. He just reports and then gives his opinion on, on, on right. shit there. Was it intentionally released? That's like the same question of who killed JFK. Like we're never going to know. There's no way we'll ever know. Right? Could we lo- know though? I mean – First of all, conservatives were always talking about that this was uh, leaked or something from the Wuhan lab. And we were always told, no, no, that's conspiracy theory. First of all, um, this came from bats, from somebody eating a bat from the wet market in Wuhan. And that turned out to not be true at all. And Most people believe it was accidentally released. Yeah. At least it released from the lab. That's what we can all agree on. But even when we talked about... Um, this concerted effort, and I, maybe I don't think we talked about it on the air, but uh, James O'Keefe, how he's seeing how social media is censoring speech and in a way where if we talk about the Hunter Biden thing, I don't know if you even kept up with the Hunter Biden laptop, but uh, the New York Post got a, uh, images from his laptop that was brought to a repair shop or whatever and he never picked up. And that got them kicked off of Twitter or at least suspended or whatever, and then turned out to be all true. But it was like this effort to censor this stuff that was obviously not favorable favorable to the people who bow down to the big tech companies like who's in office at the moment. What do you mean? Well, they're bowing to them. They're they're working in concert with them. I'm talking about Democrats working in concert with like Facebook to censor what is out there when it comes to dissenting opinions. Um, everything that what I was mentioning there is that the Republicans were mentioning that this was a lab leak from day one. But if you were to post that on Facebook or something, this would get a fact check or it would get you'd get suspended for misinformation. Those turn out to be true. Where's the retribution in that? 
because there's a concerted effort to keep this, uh, you know, to keep this censoring for whoever it is. I think this lines up with what you're talking about, about people um, and control. Whoever it may be, I don't know. And I ask that question to you. I go, who is they that, you know, anyone would say they are doing this. They are doing that. Illuminati. We don't know exactly, but well, it does d- seem it's different something. based on what issue you're talking about. So if you're talking about they in terms of the city council is doing something corrupt, right? right. Or they in terms of the state government. But when you talk corrupt, about right? like big conspiracies like Gulf of Tonkin or 9-11, when you say they, who are we talking about? Is there a cabal? Is there like one overlord trying to rule the world or something with a fucking twisty mustache who is that i mean i know you don't know but is that what we're getting at yeah i mean i think that we have public information that governments powerful government officials from around the world meet one of them is bilderberg group the other one is davos and then the other one is um bohemian well bohemian grove is more conspiratorial yeah. That's more like an unofficial thing, it's right? It's like a party. But Bohemian Grove is official, even though it's secretive. Davos, Switzerland, happens every, every year, I think, with the world leaders. And then the G8 summit, right? Oh, right. Mm-hmm. And then you have the European Union. So there is public knowledge that there are powerful leaders from countries that collaborate to try and influence the policy of their geographic region, right? And we live in a more global society now than we ever have before. So... Obviously, these G8 summits and all these types of things, right? We know that they're trying to work together to influence world policy. Now, they would argue that they're working together to influence world policy in a positive way. But you would have to do your own research, conspiratorial analysis to try to determine what you really believe they are trying to do, right? But is there influential people in each state that have a, or in each country that have a gigantic, ability to sway public policy. Of course we do have that in America. That's why they had arguments about what companies could donate to what campaigns, right? We know in America how it works is you donate large sums of money to people's political campaigns and they treat you favorably with laws, right? Same thing that we had during the 2016 election where people had alleged that Hillary Clinton had the Clinton Foundation, that world powers or corrupt people around the world had donated money to in order to get favors from uh, whatever type of uh, political thing they needed from her, right? What happened to all that money for Haiti? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know much about that, to be honest. Neither so I do know. I. But I just know it's gone missing and there's this kind of like, that's one of the conspiracy deals that yeah. they raised all this money for Haiti and never like, made it. The easiest conspiracies to look at are missing money, right? How does money go missing? good fucking question right how does it go missing and you were talking about like the day before right September so 11. we know leading up to 9 11 the pentagon came out days before 9 11 and said we have two trillion dollars that we cannot account for we don't know where it is what happened to it how it was used i would argue a lot of that probably was used to build um doomsday facilities that type of thing because we know that under the denver airport they built a city underneath the denver airport that was covered up in concrete right was that is that actually true yeah so you know there's there's all kinds of uh places we know about that are like in the sides of mountains right and stuff that they have um that are public knowledge do we know that or is that just like grapevine that we've heard that kind of shit before yeah there's public knowledge of those things um so 
you know, a lot of that missing money, I would argue, goes to uh, some sort of uh, doomsday preparation in terms of uh, secret government facilities that they will go to in the event of a doomsday, right? <laughs> um, secret cities that they can live in when everything goes uh, to the apocalypse or whatever. Um, the other thing is... It's, Who maintains them? Like, they're like, they exist right now, right? Like, yeah, so you could do research on what facilities exist for the government officials that we currently have. They call them dumbs. Deep underground military base, right? <laughs> I don't know if that's what they call it, but uh, is that from a movie, a movie? I don't know. We used to say we're, we're broadcasting from our deep underground military base here, and that used to be what we said. You know. It's dumb. Right. That's what the acronym was. So, you know, where does this trillions of dollars of missing well, money go? Well, hold we on. First, first of all, know. I wanted to keep go, go back to, like, so if these hives uh, exist or whatever, like who main is there like somebody maintaining them? Is there, is there like housekeepers? Because you can't just like leave a house there. Well, you know, it'll, I don't know. When you don't live in a place, it goes to shit, right? It, for some reason, if you don't use a house, it like gets ruined quicker. Right. So, you know, that's all speculation, right? What I'm saying is speculation, right? So right. when I think, how does $2 trillion go missing? Well, we do have some evidence that there was, uh, structures built underneath the Denver airport that got covered up with concrete. Now the official explanation is that it was structurally insufficient. So they covered it up. Right. But, you know, just, you know, you, you can look at, um, what facilities that the government currently has that we do know about, you know, so those are things, but, uh, yeah, dude. So when you say like, is there a conspiracy, a new world order to try and control everybody? Well, we do have a lot of actual real information that powerful people around the world do get together to try to influence world events. And, and that could be something as noble as ending poverty, or it could be something sinister like know, releasing we, a virus. We don't know. Think it's like, yeah, maybe, because that's how I think like the left and the right. Like, I don't know if I think any of them are actually evil. I think that they both think that they're doing good. Like uh, the bleeding heart liberals are doing things because they think that they care, you know, and um, there's lots of unintended consequences to their caring and the policies they want based on the care for others because it infringes on other people's rights. You know, I don't need to, I don't have to care for anybody. That's, that's my policy, right? I don't have to care for anybody and you can't guilt me into doing so. I will do it because I want to do it and I, I have empathy. I'm not some soulless fucking libertarian. I just don't, I don't want to pay for others um, because I have a hard time paying for myself already. So, you know, things like socialized medicine, I'm like, fuck that, because of course I'm going to have to pay into something that I don't need or I may not want, you know, and that's tyranny. Paying taxes is tyranny in a lot of ways. Man, please don't use the word tyranny. Just, you know. Why not? Take that out of your vocabulary. Why not? Because so, you know, the majority of people that say this word and what it's associated with is not historical tyranny. Well, most what people is? are talking about is political infighting when they say the word tyranny. No, it's people that are the leaders. And so th that's assuming that we believe that the leaders that we elect are actually doing things like making laws that cops enforce because that's still happening from that level. Um, it is happening. Like, I guess I'm, like when I hear a right wing commentator use the word tyranny, I roll my eyes severely because it's so mis used of a word when they're just talking about a, a basic law you know it's, it's so ridiculous anyway why did why did why did 
the forefathers leave uh, England because they they said they fought, they got away from tyranny, and I think theirs was was just an overbearing. I mean, yes, four hundred years ago, that's what they were talking about. Yeah, you know, what does that have to do with today? I don't know. I mean, history repeats itself. In some ways, yeah. I mean, absolutely. and I think right now we're hearing it a lot with the with mandates and such, with vaccine mandates. How do you feel about all the vaccine mandates? Are you for having to prove that you've been vaccinated to be able to do certain things? Is this uh, akin to voter ID? Like, any thoughts on vaccine mandates? I think, um, you know, if the government's going to tell you that you're required to take a medicine in order to be a part of human life. It's definitely something that you should look at with a very skeptical view. You know, you should say, why is this happening, right? Like, what do they want us to take this vaccine for? Now, I'm vaccinated, right? So I looked at the situation. I said, I've had vaccines for everything else in my lifetime. And I'm going to get vaccinated for this virus as well, right? Correct. But I think as much as people are concerned about government regulating their bodies in one way, they should also be concerned about government regulating your body towards what medicines you're forced to have. And, you know, they could all be wrong and we should be taking the vaccine to get rid of the virus. But you should still have some level of skepticism to say the government now has the power to give us a shot that we don't want, right? So there should be some kind of reasonable speculate, you know, skepticism of that. And considering what we're seeing in Australia, I mean, all this is uh, right at our doorstep. Hopefully it's not going to happen because, you know, we didn't mandate guns to be illegal a long time ago like Australia did. Right. Um, so I think we're going to be OK because there's people like 80 million of them that will fight for that kind of freedom away from vaccine mandates, having to prove that you've been vaccinated for something. I think it's, it's really odd because it, it's, I truly believe in the vaccine and in vaccines in general. And I don't believe that. I believe that because it works so well, I know I'm not, I don't have to worry about um, getting sick. And I think I don't, I mean, it, it shows in the cases, right? The cases have been going up. Sure. We're still getting it, but are we dying from it? No. No, vaccinated people are dying from it. Hardly ever. Breakthrough cases are very rare. So therefore, why does a mandate need to happen? And therefore, we talk about control. I mean, why do they need to control it so bad? We, they gave us the, uh, the mask. Remember, uh, good old Joe Toboggan was all, we don't have to wear masks. If you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear masks anymore. And we thought we weren't going to get, we thought that when we gave them power, they don't give it back, but they did. But then they took it right back from us. Because we didn't treat that right. We got more cases up and masks and this and that. I mean, the mask mandate is tyrannical. Right. Like, I guess what I'm trying to say in this conversation is that the word tyranny is now associated with a lot of people that are, their behavior is abhorrent, right? There's a lot of people with a F word Biden sticker on their car that use the word tyranny heavily when they're talking about political issues. I don't want to be associated with that. I don't want to be associated with those people. I don't want to be associated with that mindset. I don't want to be associated with people that have a come and take it flag on their car because I feel like uh, it's just unreasonable. Well, they have a come and take it and then they have a Blue Life Matter yeah, uh, sticker right next to it. And all that. <laughs> so, you know, I don't want to be associated with people that are that close-minded, right? Like, 
I think that you should have a healthy skepticism of everything that the government wants to do because of what we know that's happened in our lifetime. And so, you know. Uh, so you're, you're saying it's okay to be skeptical about the vaccine. It's okay to be skeptical, but at the same time, it's not okay to, um, to be unreasonable about your safety and other people's safety either. You know, like there is a coronavirus. It has killed a bunch of people. It is scary. We should be concerned about it. You should get a vaccine to protect yourself. If everybody got a vaccine, maybe this wouldn't be as big a problem as it is right now. Um, do you think the Delta variant... But you should also be skeptical about what medicines the government can force you to inject in your body. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of misinformation uh, you know. from... Uh, I'm, we had this gal on that was uh, walked around downtown and filmed uh, her with like a magnet and like asked people if they got the vaccine and then they, if it stuck to their arm, you know? And it was like... Uh, it's going to stick because it's Texas for soul, and it's one of those flat magnets you buy at like uh, a gift shop or something. It's hot outside. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit humid. But you know what they did is they tried to say we wiped it down a little bit. The skin in itself is like sticky substance when it's just a little bit moist, and you know it's it's shit like that that made people uh, that 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 make people on the right who are at least skeptical about the virus. They, it makes them look bad because they're all lumped together. When you have this gal that's talking about, oh, there's they put this metal in this in the, the microchips, Bill Gates microchips. I mean, I don't know if you're into any of that or uh, hearing about that, but I mean, you think about like if someone says microchips, right? Immediately they're labeled a psychopath, right? But we have microchips in our. Let's say you're a fucking. You have a microchip on you right now. Like there's a micro. First of all, the microchip is this. This That's is what I'm the saying. microchip. We all have a microchip on us. Like yeah. when people talk about, oh, I don't want this or that. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? But at least you can remove it. I think that's the kind of thing you can chuck it if you want. You know. Oh shit! I got I got my watch that is connected to the thing. You know. So I'm fully connected to the simulation in a way. You know, um, we know that people are we know scared that of that. Facial recognition uh, technology is is becoming widely used, um, which has sort of been a hard thing for people that are in that industry of selling face recognition during the pandemic. Man, yeah. I think they all went belly up. You know, you think about the course, the timeline of government and their powers increasing. Yeah. That's what we should be concerned about. Not any one issue at a time. You know, government not, has too much not, power. Is coronavirus real or not? I think that's a ridiculous enough uh, people, argument yeah, that people would even Of course even it's real. Of course, yeah. People have been dying of from it. Of course you should get a vaccine because you're not an idiot. And you should, or, you know, <laughs> you know, there are healthy people that don't need it or have natural immunity. I don't know. I mean, I think a virus is going to affect everybody differently because everyone's genetics are different. You know, some people are more predisposed to any type of illnesses yeah. because of their genetics, right? And being a virus introduced to your body is one more of those things. Did you hear about Nicki Minaj's brother's friend uh, took the vaccine and then his balls got swollen? I think I heard a little bit about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's so going to be... Anthony Fauci comes yeah. on, he's like, this is completely unsubstantiated. This is completely wrong. Uh, there's no evidence. He's lying. Like here's another example of pure partisan ignorance. People that are against Anthony Fauci. Right? Are you fucking kidding me? The guy has been nothing but lying to the public since he got in office. And what or and not in office since we know. since he's in the limelight for coronavirus. I mean the whole math thing alone, 
when he said masks, okay, they, they just make everyone feel safe. But then he was asked if he regret that because he went back on. He goes, why would I regret that? Um, and then he told us the reason why he said that because there was a paucity in masks. He had to lie to us. He's a bureaucrat. He's not a doctor. He's a bureaucrat. He happens to be a doctor, but he's a bureaucrat. And he's lying. He constantly lies. And like the, mask, the, the vaccine mandate, he says, no, you know, that's not what we need to do. We're not going to consider that. And then it happens. You know, it's. And it's not worse than it was a year ago when they were can talk when they were talking about it. The guy has been nothing but wrong on everything. Okay, wrong is one thing. Yeah. Okay, but the for the man who gets you know, paid the most, the the highest paid federal employee in America, the people that are you Anthony know Fauci. saying that they're against Fauci are almost ninety nine percent misinformed people that are. Don't know what they're talking. I don't know. They'll, they'll cite the same thing that I did about the mask and him right. admitting that he lied. He was okay under one president, but under a different president, he's a big. He wasn't problem. even. A, you know, like, we we criticized him you know, on that, ridiculous. and he was still under Trump. Like we criticized him from the beginning, and Trump was like, "No, he's good. He's a good guy. Don't." What do you think that he's doing all these things for? If he's lying, or he's a bureaucrat? Is he just wrong, or is he lying? Uh, well, he's a bureaucrat, so he lies. He has to lie because of whoever is controlling what's going on. I mean, he has to lie. Like maybe there, because he said there was a paucity in masks. Why would he tell everyone, no, we won't need I'll that. It I'll makes tell people you this, feel man. better. Throughout the course of the pandemic, you know, this is uh, circumstantial evidence, but you know, everybody I know that wore a mask and distance did not get it. Everyone I know that did get it was not wearing a mask and not distancing. So there has to be some way that the mask helps. Yeah, yeah, sure. It, I mean, it's a literal, literal barrier. But now that the Delta virus is coming out, and if I'm not mistaken, the Delta virus is more contagious than the original coronavirus, smaller than the coronavirus, and can pass through cloth. Therefore, masks aren't as effective as they were against the Alpha variant. I mean, does it dramatically? If you're in a, if you're in a room and there's ten people and they're all wearing masks, does it dramatically bring down the percentage of chance that you might catch it? Probably, but. So there you go. Well, yeah, you and know. that's that's enough for people. They go, if it saves one life, you know, that's 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 a tactic that they'll use. Oh, if it saves one life, you know, if it saves one life. But these are people that are. Oh, I'm, I'm not. I almost got into abortion. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. You're getting an abortion? No, we're not. I'm getting one. <laughs> um, we're out of here in about eight minutes. Dang. Um, we're gonna keep going on for another hour, but I think we should talk about some of these. Uh, at least a couple of these stories that I pulled up. I'd like to talk about. I know you don't even fall into the trap anymore, as you'd say, right? But, like, what is going on with people and, and, and ropes in general, like cords, how they're misconstrued for, like, nooses or they're some sort of tool of slavery. It brings back memories of, of uh, slavery days. And I'm talking about, uh, you know, the, the NASCAR noose that was hanging up, whatever turned out not to be a noose. Talking about the... In this example, or let's, I'll get into more of this example, but in specific, what I'm talking about is the horseback riders, the border agents, you know, accused of cracking whips. Um, we'll get into that on the other side. Um, there, see, like when we were talking out there, it's like, man, we shouldn't be talking right now. We should keep it because there's a lot of good stuff we want to talk about. But I mean, what? Like what got you awake? Because I mean, this was this is it's only been a couple of years, you know. And you were real like hardcore Republican, you know, real hardcore Republican. I say I would say like reluctant 
reluctantly voted Republican because I believed on paper what some conservatives said. Yeah. I would never say that I donated a cent to a Republican. I would never say that I moved a foot for a Republican politician. Never. Yeah. And you, I mean, what you say about Trump being like the first independent like president, like, yeah, I get that. And I didn't vote for him the first time around. Um, actually, I think I voted for, if I didn't vote at all, it would have been, I, I think, think I voted, voted for, for Johnson, right? Uh, yeah, I went, uh, Jill Stein. That's right. I voted for Jill Stein because there was a woman still. And I was like, I'm going to vote for a woman. But I didn't know what her platform was. I would have voted for Gary Johnson because he's a libertarian. Um, and any time around now is I'm going to be voting libertarian. But you don't think libertarians are ever going to be prominent in the political world. And do you, cons you don't consider yourself any sort of political party these days, do you? Oh, I never have, man. I never have. I think that. I, at one, you know, in my 20s, I voted, uh, I didn't even vote that many times, but I would vote uh, in local elections and stuff towards the conservative side because of what conservative commentators were filling my head with. You know, they were saying that, oh, we need less government regulation. We need less taxes. We need less wars in the, all around the world and all this kind of stuff. I think what I found out over watching this stuff for over a decade is that all these people are willing to change their opinion based on who's in office. And it makes me believe that they're not genuine. And it makes me believe that, you know, a lot of this political infighting is all a smokescreen in order to get bigger agendas passed, right? Yeah, I, see, I don't know, man. When you say that, I, I don't know if I agree because I feel that there's one side that is more consistent and and there's another side that's less consistent obviously in my eyes and it, i'm coming from a, a place where i didn't think politically at all a few years ago so and i've always been able to tell or at least think i can tell a, a trick when i see one and yeah, yeah there's some republicans but i feel like overall the republican party does actually is a better party to be part of i mean both of them i think they should go away completely but i think they they both lie about taxes um one says they won't raise taxes and will raise taxes the other one says we won't raise taxes and then they spend a lot more for some whatever right. we're not going to raise property taxes we're just going to reevaluate the cost of your house no new taxes <laughs> i read my lips right your property is worth more now but we didn't increase your tax rate that's so how is that not tyranny? <laughs> I mean, right. how can they fucking charge you for property you own already? Like, that's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, that's something that, that every person can agree on. Like, homeownership doesn't really exist. You don't. You only because what happens if you don't pay your property taxes? Yeah, you don't have a home anymore. <laughs> so you don't own the home. You the never fucking, own it. The America owns your home. Right. That's that's tyranny. It's upsetting. Is it tyranny? I'm going to keep saying tyranny because he said I should never use tyranny again. But tyranny is a I mean, tyranny word. Do you want to be word. associated with the type of people But then when you say, like, I'm not going to be associated, but, like, that's like people that say, like, oh, I'm, I'm not using this anymore because white supremacists use it now. It's like, what the fuck? Okay. Like, this was a joke like People saying, like, Joe Biden is, is perpetuating tyranny. What? You know, like, so those are the kind of people that I roll my eyes at, you know? Yeah, I, I go, like, come on. Just I because mean, I disagree with them, yeah. they're not a tyranny. Yeah, I feel you yeah. like that when people are... but. The same thing happened on the other side with, with Trump in the office. It's like, I think this is all par for the course, man. Like people are going to, there's going to be groups of people who like uh, our last former co-host of this show, fucking uh, anything he did, 
they would do the opposite. It's like they had a derangement syndrome. Absolutely. And people have BDS. That's Biden, Biden derangement syndrome. Yeah, I mean, the, the misinformation coming out from people that I used to think were honest on Biden is so disheartening that it's just made me kind of throw my hands up and say, this, is all, this all has to be a charade. You know what I mean? Like, how can these people be so smart and try and tell you what you're supposed to think and then they completely change their mind based on who's in office. You know, it's just, it's disingenuous. When people say that he's senile, and that's what you're referring to, I do I think that he's actually senile? No, I think that he's, he's flubbing up a lot more on speech, but I can relate. Fuck, I do it all the time when I'm reading stuff, man. I but, think he's too old to be president. I can absolutely 100% agree. But I don't think he's senile yet. And well, I, I think he's declining know. in his mental health. How can you not decline? I'll tell you what. Remember that interview with someone's like, "Will you take a a, a, a a mental test?" He's like, "No. Why would I do that? That, that that's like me asking." There's a black host. That's like me asking you to take a cocaine test. <laughs> like he's obviously slipping and then is he's declining in his uh, mental health. But it's fun for me because um, I miss politics when Trump was in office because he always he made it fun in a way, um, which I think should be the point of politics it's like we're just living this one life why are we fighting against each other man let's let's have it fun and ah uh, it's by design it's, yeah it's got to be by, if we're by fighting design. each other we can't fight the authority oh that's the whole purpose of all this stuff all right um <laughs> uh, i've still got a minute and uh, i got one more minute left here so we're going to continue on the other side if you're watching us live uh, mind you we recorded this a week and a day ago so uh, we're gonna we're gonna figure this out and get you guys a live episode, uh, but it's weird because this episode airs next Friday. Oh really? Not even <laughs> tomorrow, so uh, it's like that Mister Mister Show bit. Well, we can talk about that off the air, but we're gonna talk about the border agents. You know, it's like when I don't even know if I want to talk about any of that stuff because, like, when I talk to you, it's like it's not going to be. It, it's not. It's not palatable because like I know how you feel about those things and it's not not and it's not a harp on you. It's like, yeah, I get you. Like who gives a fuck about these fucking whips? Who gives a shit about uh the 1984 news story that talks about seatbelt laws and how it's like the same type of talk that people are talking now about the vaccine mandates. All right. Uh we'll see you guys next week. I'm Los. That's Andy. That's Brandon. We'll see you guys next week. Keep going on for the other side. <laughs> All right, we're on the other side. Um, if you're watching us, we are actually live on Facebook and YouTube. And right Dee Blanton, the famous journalist here in Austin, Texas. Freelance. Yeah, freelance journalist. For uh, any big publications you had? <laughs> like any like big uh, publishers? No. No? <laughs> I have published on the internet at different uh, magazines. And I wrote a newsletter once upon a time for a politician. Very briefly. Very briefly. Um, but that's all I've done with that. What are you doing these days? Are you, uh, I know you're not stock day trading, but, uh, you want to get there. <laughs> I'm trying to learn how to be a stock trader. Yeah. Are you I'm still like favorite musician? <laughs> oh, that's right. You, you do jam all the time. And yeah, there's never more jamming that I've seen you do than recently. Like you're playing like friends right. all the time. Mm -hmm. Get your blues duo. Yeah. I have a Sunday morning show. Sunday morning. And, um, a lot so, of people come out on Sunday morning. Yeah, but I've just been uh, just been enjoying life, man. I mean, I, I make money with gig work when I need extra money. It's but great. I also play music and also 
just leisurely live my life. Are you doing any like, like DoorDash or anything yeah. like that? Uber Eats. Uber Eats. Mm -hmm. We were doing, we had this story that we talked about where this guy left a like poor note to somebody, like a, a DoorDash driver left a note saying like, if you can't afford a tip, you shouldn't use our service or whatever. And I thought it was fake, but like there's, I guess apparently like you can, the, the DoorDash drivers know their tip or before they can pick up the, the, the food. Do you have that going on? Do you know what people are tipping you before you pick up their stuff? They give you an estimate. Oh, an estimate. Mm -hmm. But it's like grouped together. Like you have a bunch of them that you pick up and you all like, you have to pick them up and then go to them. Or is it like one you pick up, move, one you pick up, you move. And uh, Yeah, it's kind of like one at a time, sometimes two at a time. Uh, the money's consistent. Uh, I'd say you make really good money doing it. It's very easy. Yeah. It's a secret we don't want everyone to know about. Did you clear 50 <laughs> last year or what? Did I clear $50? Yeah, I did actually. <laughs> I cleared 50 bucks at DoorDash, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you were telling me how much you, you despise crews nowadays. Will you put up this um, link, Mr. Hard Hat? And I want to watch this. And you can put it like right in the middle of us if you want, but. Video may not play. Oh, really? Why not? Internet. Even the oh, internet doesn't like Ted Cruz anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but this has something to do with the border crisis and how the the hypocrisy is trying to point out where where's all the 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 politicians like with their photo ops at the border about this humanitarian crisis we got going on. There. Yeah, if it is a humanitarian crisis, if anyone wants to call, but there's clearly people that are yeah, stuck at the border. The the border crisis is one of the uh, the greatest, you know, recent examples of how dishonest the, the media is. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And what happened uh, under the last president was that there was an accusation that um, detained um, people that were coming into the country illegally were um, being held in cages. Right. Especially young children. The kids in cages. Were being held in cages. Yeah. That was absolutely not true. Um, the reality was there was detention facilities that humanely, uh, treated people, uh, that were in detention centers. So there's a big misconception of what happens, uh, when people come to the country illegally, right? Uh, in the movies, you'll see a bunch of people walking with their family across the desert, right? But in all reality, smuggling is a huge part and how people enter the country illegally. The human trafficking, yeah. Human trafficking, right. And so you could argue that it's very important for us to crack down on illegal immigration so that people are not being humanly human trafficked, right? If yeah. they're being sold into indentured servitude, if they're being sold into um, slavery, sexual or, uh, slavery, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you could say, well, how could someone be an indentured servant in 2021? Well, in and uh, someone that doesn't speak the language of the country, it does happen all the time. Or, yeah, or they have information on their family, like, I'll kill your family. Like, uh, Certainly. a lot of things motivate people to do certain things. So, was does... that a phone call? Yeah, phone call. <clears throat> hey, so you're on the air. Know. Turn them down. Hey, you're on, oh. the, you're on the air. Well, 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 Andy What's can, up, can man? You, can, can you, you turn, turn them down? Can you turn them down? Who is this? Chris Goodwin. Chris Goodwin. What's up, man? What's up, man? I worked with this guy. He's a firefighter now. 
Oh, really? He's a true patriot. Good American. Yes, sir. Now I can't hear you guys. Hold on. We got the volume maxed out down here. Let's uh, let's get this ready. What's going on, man? How, are you still in New Mexico? I actually just moved back to uh, Texas from New Mexico. Right on, New man. Mexico has gotten so insane with the lockdowns. Oh, really? I didn't know that. The tyrannical lockdowns? <laughs> tyrannical lockdowns. Nobody knows about our governor there in New Mexico, but she was insane. She's one of the most Nazi governors out of them all. Wow. That's crazy, man. Have you been watching, Chris? Have I been watching? Yeah. Yeah. I catch you guys every once in a while. Oh, well, really? Shit. Well, uh, wh- what do you think? It's, uh, we've had Andy on. Uh, obviously, you know, you know I him. I can't really hear you guys too well, though. Oh, maybe you need to turn us up in his ear. Yo, check, check, check. How about that? Check one, two. Yeah, that's better. There you there go. go. Yeah, that, that knob says two caller, I think. Um, yeah, so any thoughts on what we talked about today? Um, specifically, I guess... I mean, I we didn't get into any of the, the things I want to talk about, but we talked about, you know, the fair share. Um, was this stuff on? Or did you say it was running next week? Fair share. We're live fun. on Facebook. Oh. But uh, Channel 10 on public access. Oh, okay, okay. So we, we were live, yeah. Yeah, we've been live. So I think part of, uh, Chris, what we've been talking about today is a little bit of, you know, political stuff in the news. But really, you know, my concern of everything is more new world order. My concern is that so many things have led up to some sort of uh, government control over the people that's happening worldwide, right? And Georgia Guidestones. And the current lockdowns is, is another step in the control of uh, the government, in my opinion. You know, the world government has now basically told the people that there can be martial law lockdowns at any time and we should be conditioned for it you know what i'm saying what do you think about yeah, that unfortunately can't really hear you well still oh man can't hear me what okay well turn make sure he's he's turned up there brandon i, I don't know what's up? going on yep i got my phone all the way cranked up i got good reception good wi-fi everything can, hey. you, can you hear me now check there that's better that's better well yeah tell me tell me what's on your mind chris why'd you call in today well, one, because I wanted to know how you guys can sit with your legs crossed like that. But uh, <laughs> secondly, I just wanted to say hi, because I used to work with you at MCC. I know, man. How's your wife? She's doing great. She's should doing I, great, man. We're, should I sit like this with years. my legs like fully? <laughs> it's because I have small balls and dick. I mean, is that what you want to hear? <laughs> kind of, yeah. No. So no, I'm, I'm just joshing you guys. I like the feel of my legs crushing my balls. Chris, you... <laughs> You're working as a firefighter, right? I was a firefighter. I work at a plasma donation center now. Oh, okay. What was it like working working as a firefighter? Now, what was that like? Well, in New Mexico, it was pretty crazy. There was I did. Uh, it was a small town, so I wore a lot of different hats. So I did wildland fire. I did structure fire, EMS, technical rescue, rescuing cats from trees. Aww. Resuscitating drug <laughs> druggies. <laughs> All that stuff. Oh uh, yeah, given uh, what anti opiates to yeah. people overdosing. Yeah, Nar- Narcan. Yeah, yeah, Narcan. That's right. One thing we yeah. we talked about early on in the show was our um, our opinion of uh, racism in the police force. Yeah. Do you have any well, in- inside of that being a firefighter? I do because my brother in law and my father in law were are uh, both police officers. 
Um, and I'll say this, there are definitely racist police officers out there. However, I've had the opportunity to be with people behind closed doors when they had every chance to be completely racist. Um, and, and this goes for a lot of people that are assumed to be racist, like pretty much every white male, but, and I've encountered, I've encountered some racism, but it's happened. Um, it's, it's been super shocking because, well, it is shocking when you encounter, you know, a blatant racism, right. but it's, I can remember the account, the, the events because it's so rare. Um, what happened? I, I'm not denying that racism is out there, but I mean, it's just that I think that's exaggerated. However, I, I mean, anecdotal evidence. So, right. I think that's, I think it does exist. One thing you're saying is, is one thing that I always wondered myself. It's like, if, if there's so many racist people, how is it that I live in the South my entire life? And I've never encountered these people, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, I know that there are those people that I haven't. But they're not this giant threat that we're, we're led to believe. Right. No, no. That's what I'm trying to say. Like the number one threat by, uh, FBI's death, or I don't know if it's FBI, but some, somebody from the Biden administration, DOJ or some shit was all like the biggest threat in America is domestic, uh, white nationalism, violence or whatever. Right. That's a good conversation, man. I had a, yeah, absurd. I had a friend of mine that, um, he's on the other side of the aisle than I am sort of. And he told me that he was worried about homegrown terrorism from right-wing activists. And I said, that's not happening. It's not true. And he sent me some uh, articles about it. One of the dudes was schizophrenic. One of the other dudes thought there was lizard people. And uh, one of the other stories was like, it, it's just, it was just not enough. So There's crazies on like every side. I mean, it, right. it's There's just crazy people. But to say that that's yeah. America's number one threat is homegrown terrorism, like is, is crazy how people are comparing 9-11 to January 6th, you know, calling it 1-6 and saying that it was a, you know, tragedy that is as bad as 9-11. I mean, that, that's absolutely sensationalizing, uh, and they call it the deadly fucking riot at the Capitol. The deadly riot? The one person who died... Had a heart attack, right? Well, he had a heart attack, but the actual person who died inside was shot by the people inside. It wasn't uh, like... They make it... They sensationalize it so much to drop this emotion, this primal urge to like... Like, this is, this is democracy. Democracy almost died that day. What? Like, they went on... They went on like two minutes yeah, later. I think it was a group of really misinformed people that should all be in jail for what they did. Yep. But I, Absolutely. other than that, I don't see it as in being... Jail, wait, in jail for what? For trespassing, trespassing? and, yeah, trespassing and it, breaking on the federal property. I think property. if you break through a police barrier, you should be held criminally responsible. What if the police barrier was opened long? up? Yeah, for how long? Oh, a few that's, months. Yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, I don't know what the answer Maybe is. Maybe a few months, exactly. I don't know, but um, it's federal. They've had, they've had people who are not convicted jailed for more than a year now, so... Sure. And well, it's federal, you know, when you do something on federal land, let's like, if I smoke a joint outside federal land and I step out down, I smoke a joint on federal land, you know, they're, the charge is a lot worse because it's, you know, federal land. It's like, you definitely don't want to do it there. So not very libertarian of you. Right. (laughs) I'm not saying that that's the case. I'm not saying that's what I want. I'm saying that's what the rule is, man. Like, I don't, I don't want that rule, but I'm saying that's what is going on. Federal 
uh, crimes are going to cost you a lot more than regular civil crimes. Well, there's much more to the narrative than that, because they're saying that this was, you know, they broke their way in, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah. doors were open for them. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, do a lot of doors were open. And those cops actually right. um, are are in trouble. They're, they got, they're in jail now. There's a few Capitol Police that are uh, have been... And uh, been busted for it because it they were taking a, pictures with them and you know and all that shit. It was, it was a horrible event, and it's something that we should all be ashamed of. I think. Yeah. So I can agree with you 100. Mm, percent That kind of yeah. shit was bullshit. Should have did Trump inside it? You know, the people that complained no. about non-peaceful protests became the non-peaceful protests. Yeah, and I used, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. said that argument once, and people were like, "This is way different." And I'm like, "Is it really?" People who believe well, something very truly and fought up. I mean, whether or not it's right or not, like for me, when people were rioting because of uh, George Floyd was murdered, like I didn't believe that. I watched the tape. I don't think that he did that with any sort of ill intention. There was just a lot of pressure going on there. And I think he leaned on him a, a little too long. But to warrant this thing, like he did, like he did this on purpose, and it led to riots and shit. People believe that he did this because he's racist and led to those riots. People believe that the election was stolen and led to those riots. They both are the same thing, but people don't like to see that they're equivalent on either side. And well, that's a huge problem. Yeah, they both are fucked up. They shouldn't have never done that. They shouldn't have been calling it peaceful protest. But it's funny how the media was calling one side peaceful protesting, and then obviously calling January six. The opposite of a peaceful protest. I, well, they call it an insurrection. That's what they called it. Right. So which, obviously which that's totally media absurd. malpractice, right? That's totally, very media malpractice because it's total ridiculous. Those writers, and uh, not the January six ones, but the other ones, were burning down federal property. They were doing. It, it's essentially the same. I mean, there's probably levels of uh, right and wrong when it comes to federal, but like cops versus like the lawmakers, um, they were. It's still federal, nonetheless. They trapped policemen of uh, Minnesota in their fucking their stations and throwing Molotov cocktails at the fucking place. Yep, at least yep. that's what was reported. Well, that's fucked did. up. That's insurrection. But that's media malfeasance that you were talking about. The malpractice of the media that they they are either they're lying or they're just dumb. Well, no, but they're absolutely building a narrative that's false. So you guys have seen the um, the compilations they make where everyone on all these different news shows are using the same terminology. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So we know that there's... dangerous for our democracy. We know that all the media, the major media outlets in our country are controlled by six different companies. Yeah. So we know that there is a coordinated effort to push a talking point, push a narrative. That does definitely occur, right? And we should all be aware of that. We should all be... You know. So yeah, you know, I I hear that a lot, and I, it's absolutely 100% true, and that's why I go to independent, like, conservative media right. such as Daily Wire or Crowder or something. Yeah, I'm not a fan of those people either, but uh, I think they're bringing yeah. conservatism to a younger, more hip crowd and gives gives them the knowledge to. I don't think any of them are lying. I think they've been very consistent on all their things, and you know, I think it's a little weird that Crowder will go out and try to like bait for debates, you know. Um, yeah, I think what I don't like about Crowder's and the Ben Shapiro, Ben Shapiro, if you didn't see him on Bill Maher a couple of months yeah. ago, I watched that. Yeah. He made an absolute fool out of himself. Um, that, that guy's so annoying. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's horrible. Uh, well, I, we so I, I don't think we watched it on the show, but we talked about. He went, talked about he like he went on Bill Maher and he tried to go on the attack to try to do another viral. You know, this is me owning some. 
No, he was defending. People. He was he was talking to. Uh, but he made himself look like a complete idiot in the process. You know, he's supposed to be smart. He's supposed he to be able to have a civil discussion with people. But he went straight to attacks. So you know, he's just he's shown himself to be phony. He's, well, because the other person w- attacked him too. I forget who the fucking guy was, but he was this guy talking about critical race theory. Now it didn't exist or whatever, and it's not being taught in schools, but it needs to be taught in schools, kind of thing. And. Ben Shapiro knows what he's talking about. And he's like, do you talk, the other guy's like, do you talk about this kind of stuff on your show? Because if you do, it sucks, right? And then that's when he made that joke about, oh, I, right. I sleep on a bed of money or whatever. Here, like he you know, here's where, I don't know about you, Chris, man, um, but here's where I try to say earlier, where I try to look more at a common ground than I used to. So, you know, I hear on the radio, local radio all the time, all these concerned parents out in Leander and stuff calling in, oh my God, these kids, they're learning about critical race theory and all this yeah. and that. On the other flip of the coin, you and I went to school growing up in the 90s, in the 2000s. I found out recently about the Tulsa riots that happened, right? Uh, back 100 years ago where Black, yeah, Wall, Black yeah. Wall Street was I know where down. you're going. I know where they you're They never going, taught me about that. that we were they didn't teach about. me about that. Yeah, because you know, do you know what happened? Because they want to try to teach you the wrong history of it when there's documented history that there's this fucking dude who was on a elevator cart who groped or did something to this white woman who complained and then they they arrested him. Black people came in there, shot some white people and then the fucking riots happened. Either way, race relations were horrific at that time. What the white people did to those African-American people was horrific. And that's something we never learned about. Wait a minute. That's ridiculous. Like, see, that's the narrative that you're falling into. You're saying that the white people did this. This did not happen because of because of white people. This happened because of a guy called Diamond Dick, by the way, groped a woman uh, an orphan woman, by the way, who had a job as an elevator. The cart. town didn't get together in Tulsa a hundred years ago and burn down the whole black area of town. That's not. It's absolutely false. People died because what happened is that the black people came up there and they stood on the steps of the court, and then they shot. They shot fired at the white people who were pissed off because one of the the darkies fucking molested one of theirs and they're sort of pissed i know that's what i'm 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 in the mood in the mode there (laughs) well that's what they were saying i'm not saying that's what i I would say so you know the middle ground is what chris was talking about earlier right when he's experienced racism from a police officer or whatever or in real life it's Uh very shocking because we don't encounter it as often as people make it out to be that it's happening however it is happening all the time i mean i so well racism is happening all the time so when you talk about critical race theory being taught in schools, maybe that goes too far one direction, but the direction I grew up in where there was no racism anymore or whatever is also too far the other direction. Don't there you has think, to be don't you think that the direction is, middle, is you know? anti, it's anti-white rhetoric? Like it's, it's inherently against, you know, your race, definitely not against my race, but like I fight for your race. I'm sorry if you, you know, if you're going to fight against it, but what they teach you is that white people have been the worst to everybody. They are the ones who invented yeah. slavery. They, they are the worst. Martin to be- Luther King was killed less than 20 years before I was born. Yeah. You know, that's one thing that really hit me heavily. That's so crazy. That I was like, that was not that long ago. You're turning ago. into, the, I mean, you I'm know. not going to say call you a racist, but like when you start like saying, okay, a white person killed Martin Luther King, therefore white people, this I or that. I think that, that was like, a government on. conspiracy person. That's, <laughs> right? my, that's my opinion. JFK, uh, you know, right. come on. It's right along the lines of that. Mm-hmm. But the FBI definitely killed him. Yeah, exactly. But, um, you know, so you have to try to look at everything and figure out where the truth lies, you know. 
Is critical race theory too far in one hot direction? Take, hot Maybe. take, Andy. What's that? Hot take. <laughs> well, right. here's here's a clear but example of you why I think you're wrong to about all this. That, you have to be willing to accept that there is a truth to each far end of the spectrum, and you have to figure out what no, makes sense. That's bull. Yeah, we, okay, that's true. No, there, see, that's exactly what I'm saying because when you say there's like everyone has their own truth, that's that's fucking crazy talk. Like, yeah, everyone has their own opinion or whatever, but there's there's fact and then there's truth. And the fact is with the Tulsa race riots or whatever, it's not the way that people want to try to talk about it. The The history is just, it, it's there and people that want to try to teach it will teach you the wrong history of it. And whether or not I'm right or wrong about it, they don't want to teach both sides of that story. They want to teach you one or the other side. Right. And that's the problem because there are two sides to this story, but one of them involves being more racist. The other one's going a black person assaulted a white woman, which led to this giant okay. fucking riot. So, you know, what I was saying was that this is something I didn't know about when I was going through school. And so in one sense, you could say, well, the history of race relations in America obviously is horrible. Obviously it was before we were born. It doesn't have anything to do with us. But to try to uh, whitewash over it and say that like, oh, none of this stuff is as bad as they say is not good. It's not good to ignore what history. What does it benefit? Right? What does it benefit, though? Like, do, do we write about the losers in history or do we write about the winners in history? Like, yes, we know about who lost, but do we need to, like, like sympathize and, and reimburse them for losing? Like, I'm just trying to tell you, like, my timeline of what makes me change my mind is that sure. I found out a lot of this stuff is so much worse than I never knew. Yeah. You know, of course, it's horrific, right? Well, so, well, I, don't know. so I, you I think... learned that it was very bad before before civil rights and... Yeah, I mean, well, when I was in know, school... I, don't know, I mean, I don't know if we had the same experience in high school. Well, of course we learned it's bad, but, like... That, exactly, right? You know. Like, who, like, grew up in school and thought, like, the past was, like, all great and gravy when we knew that there was slavery that happened? I don't know. I'm just trying to say, like, you know, when I was coming from the perspective four years ago or whatever, where I was listening to... The right perspective. I was listening from African-American uh, prominent people. Larry media, Elder. Like Larry Elder and mm -hmm. others mm -hmm. and that were saying, Jesse you Lee know, Peterson. that this is all nonsense. <laughs> the truth is, it's not all nonsense, you know? And so there has to be an examination of it and you see, well, what's really going on right now? Is there racist cops? Of course there is. But how big is the problem? I'm not sure. I don't know how to I, determine that. I think that. the justice system is more racist than the police on the streets. It's classist. It's not necessarily racist. So if you have a... a uh, enough money it doesn't matter what race you are if you have enough money right yeah Certainly. that's absolutely a hundred percent true and uh, there's no one i don't think in the world that can uh, disagree with that i mean the rich and that's that's another thing that the rich are like our enemies so it's like now we have to turn into this like okay the we're all the poor the middle class don't get shit like think about this i was thinking about this the other day about middle class the middle class get nothing. They get bullshit. But like the rich people, they pluck, uh, they pluck people out of uh, obscurity, like poor people, and like train them. Like I know John Stossel has this whole thing where he uh, uh, donates guy. to this college that you know uh, helps poor people get a degree or something that they wouldn't have got one in the past. Or whatever. And I'm thinking, man, I grew up middle class and I never got any of that sort of opportunity. And the middle class gets shit. You never had the opportunity we to get a scholarship. But our pride. No, that to be like to be so poor that somebody would sponsor me because uh, I was so poor. Because well, there was scholarships out there for people that tried, but and this is I'm saying this sort of jovially, so uh, you know I'm not okay. trying to be. Uh, I'm not sure what you're going with that. Yeah. <laughs>
I mean, if you want because you've lost your sense of humor, I think, no, in, 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 in things. Yeah. <laughs> um, the same thing happened to a lot. I think that's what happened to a lot of people. And this is not. This is a. This is just a general thing. I think a lot of people lost some of their humor in the last four years. Well, I saw this orange guy being a crazy guy. Other people saw evil happening, and it changed them. Um, other people saw that happening to them and became spiteful, and now they're doing it to the the Democrats. I saw a funny fucking president that like chopped back at people, and I thought that was hilarious, and I miss it. Now we have someone that doesn't do that. Hey, we got David on the line. What's up? We got David on the line. Oh, my man. Hey, Chris. You man. want to talk to him? Hey, Chris, thanks for calling. Thank We're going to talk to somebody man. else, man. Thank you for calling. Have a good night. I hope you're doing well out there, man. You're, you were a real, real great guy. So Be cool. Thanks for calling, man. David. What up, what up, what up, my man? What's going on, dude? When? Man, I was, uh, I was just uh, listening to the show, dude. Uh, you know, I, I hate to be biased, but, you know, especially I have to agree with Lois and a lot of what he was saying, you know, uh, one thing I wanted to talk about was how you were talking about race um, and, and just even the idea of people having their truth and how that is so obscure in our culture. Um, the thing that's happened, you know, I've been reading this book uh, called Orthodoxy by G.K. Chesterton, and that's one thing he argues is because uh, we've gone into this world of your truth is your truth and we've become people who categorize, like we just categorize things. So he, he talks about how, and, and, and he's, he's talking about modern man and how modern man is a contradiction. And he says modern man will, will go into his, philosoph uh, his philosophy study and go into his philosophical meetings, and he will berate people for treating men like beasts. Oh, how dare you treat black people like animals or Mexicans or whatever it is, right? They treat them like beasts. But then he will go into his scientific studies and tell people that men came from beasts, you know, and, and what, what's happened so much in our modern culture is that we are no longer consistent, you know, whether it's in our philosophy and our science, because of the idea of your truth is your truth, my truth is my truth, but at the end of the day, truth isn't subjective. There is an objective truth that everybody must submit, submit to, and, and that's the problem that we have nowadays, is that everybody wants to live in their own little bubble, their own little worldview, and wants everybody else to to bow to them and say, oh, well, you're right. Yes, you're correct. And there, there is someone, I think someone coined it and I heard it, but it's like main character syndrome where, you know, you are the main character. Mm, yeah, yeah, and yeah. You, the, it's, uh, it's very narcissistic. We've gotten to that point in, uh, in society where everyone's narcissistic, man. Like, I have a little bit of it. Like, I mean, look at what I'm on camera, you know? <laughs> Well, and just to say, who, who's the who's the gentleman that's in next to you? to get the name. I, I was I just caught in like halfway into the show. It's my boy Andy Blanton. Andy Blanton, uh, nice to meet you, brother. The original um, host of this show. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and and I just wanted to say, like, I I think you know because he was talking about how you know what he was taught in school that there you know racism was over and there is no racism and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, but but and and listening to that like. I don't see that as a bad thing, you know, like being Hispanic, being Mexican, have I encountered racism and all that kind of stuff? Of course, of course I have, but I would rather teach that it doesn't exist and teach people to love one another and accept each other rather than teaching, look at how bad it is. Because at the end of the day, you always have that's to ask a good yourself, point. what is, yeah, like, what is the end goal? That, the, that's a good this, point. Is what is the end goal of or? teaching the racism, what happened in the yeah. past as racism, or just acknowledging it? I think they want to go, 
you acknowledge it, but then it's not just acknowledging yeah. it, it's about reparations. There's more to mm -hmm. it than that, and then yeah, just so going and learning the history. I think, I think what happened, David, is we were kind of here today to talk more about overall New World Order conspiracy <laughs> stuff. Uh, yeah, we got kind but of I think dropped what, in. What yeah. happened was you mentioned critical race theory, and then uh, I think my, my response to critical race theory was that I was not taught the severity of how bad racism was before I was born. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I think in some ways it's important for people to understand how bad it was and understand that it's not completely evaporated. Mm -hmm. But I think also some people can sway too far to the other side mm -hmm. and say that it's affecting every second of your life. And I think yeah. that there has to be a discussion where there's something in the middle where we can say we got to do everything we can in this generation to make sure the next generation doesn't experience any sort of racism. Yeah. But at the same well, time, we need to be honest about what's happening and honest in a way that we know that it was as bad as it was and honest in a way mm -hmm. that's saying it's not as bad as it people might think on one end of the spectrum. So yeah, there, there and, has and to that's, be and that's where I agree, right? There, the, you know, cause then, you know, there's people who try to be oblivious to it, but, but at the end of the day, you know, the truth is that the reason America is a racist country or people say that about America it's because America is the only country that has this many races in it. Uh, nobody talks about, you know, how many Ugandans kill Ugandans or how many Asians kill Asians or how many Mexicans in Mexico kill Mexicans because that's just hatred. That's just murder. That's just killing. But the reason we have a racism in America is because America is the dream. That every, you know, the only place where all these cultures and all these backgrounds and all these people can come together and be accepted, but we still have hatred in our heart because we're still sinful. You know, we're sinful human beings. Sin corrupts our heart. So we just coin it as racism, but it really is just hatred, right? We, you see the same hatred right. in Mexico and, well, hey, David. and all these other countries. But the reason we coin it as racism in America is because America is the only place where you have all these cultures coming together. Correct. Yeah. And, you know, I got to cut you off because we're fighting against the clock here. We got to get out yeah, of here. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm going to uh, go back inside and do my thing. But I just want to call you guys. Thank you, quick. David. Real quick. David made a, a really wonderful point. Thanks for calling, David. And it's something that okay, I've, David, you made a really important point that I've always tried to keep into perspective is that there's a lot of bad people out there. And, you know, a lot of times when you look at somebody and you would say, this guy's a racist. In all reality, most of the time, they're just an all-around horrible human being, and they're also a racist. Yeah. So I think you got to also keep into perspective that there is good and bad in the world, and there's a lot of horrible people that, if they weren't racist, they're still horrible. You know, you can't... But, you know, like, good and bad is subjective. There's no overall good or bad that anyone can, like, agree on. You know, what... Like the Thanos, it's the Thanos syndrome where Thanos thought he was going to do well by eliminating half of the world. Like maybe those of the New World Order think they may be doing well by eliminating half of the world or whatever, 50 million thousand or whatever they have. Who knows? Uh, but we're out of here for the day. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you, Andy Blanton, for joining me, man. It's been quite a conversation. I knew we'd, we'd probably not even get into any of the stuff. We just wouldn't be talking about stuff. We never got to so. anything. It's exactly what we need to do. I don't think the computers were working too well anyways back there. So I think that's a godsend. Um, if you guys like our content, you know where to find us. Otherwise, uh, be cool, stay hip, get yourself a fucking hobby for Andrew Bland, for me, for Brandon. Peace. Peace out.
If you like this show, be sure to subscribe to Emergency Exit Podcast wherever you get your pods. Come on over and find us on Facebook and YouTube, Emergency Exit Podcast. On Twitter, that's E-M-E-X pod. And our listener line is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 830-875-0637.